0: another episode of Take Your Time with Chiara, the podcast about healing through grief. Today, we are so honored to have with us Jay Rochelle, who is a creative genius, a photographer, poet, safe space creator, a Georgia Southern alumni, and just an overall dope human being. Jay Rochelle has been using her artistic talents to create safe spaces for others to share their stories and find healing. So, I am so excited. You should be so excited to hear from her today about her journey of healing and the ways in which she uses her art to support others. So welcome, Jay Rochelle. How are you? Thank you. Thank you. I am doing very well, very blessed,
1: very grateful right now.
0: <laughs> yes. I'm so happy that uh, you said yes uh, to this conversation. Um we go back way, way, way from Georgia Southern days, where I uh, first came in contact with this amazing person. Um, I did a poetry show for you way back then, and then um, you shared your photographic genius skills with me and took some pictures of me. And so it has been amazing. I will say to see you transform all of these years to see you really step and walk into um, this boldness that you now own. So kudos to you. Thank you so much for um, taking your time to be on Take Your Time with Chiara today.
1: (laughs) Thank you for the invitation, man. I was so hyped to hear from you because um, we do go way back. So mm-hmm. uh, there has there has been a lot of time and a lot of evolution in that space. And so I'm always excited when the way backs uh, meet you in the present day and it comes. Mm-hmm. So I'm happy to be here. I'm excited to be a part of this conversation. Um, I'm grateful to be here spending this time with you today.
0: Yeah, what made, what really caught my eye and made me uh, say, oh, I have to talk to you as you uh, made a post about, um, now see, I was supposed to talk about this later, but we're going to talk about it right now. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, You made a post about morning rituals, which is a virtual support circle. Can you Mm -hmm. tell us a little bit more about what that is and um, what was the, um, what was, what was the push behind creating such a space?
1: Yeah. So Morning Rituals, um, M-O-U-R-N-I-N-G um, is a virtual grief support circle that I started online that I host through Eventbrite. Um, and honestly, I feel like I've sort of just randomly been holding space um, for for grief for my, for my own community. In person relationships and in personal relationships, so um, it seemed like a recurring thing that I've constantly felt myself, found myself in this position where I was sort of helping to um, support and just be present. Because a lot of a lot of um, what grief requires is not necessarily a fixing, but just willingness to be present. And I found myself constantly, um, honestly, over the years, being present with other people in their grief, as well as needing to be present in my own. And the thing that I constantly heard from people is that I don't have time or nobody wants to hear this, or like, it's hard to find people who wanna talk about this thing. Like nobody wants to talk about death and nobody wants to talk about life or nobody wants to talk about grief because it's not a quote unquote pleasant conversation, which honestly beg to differ, but um, that was a common thread. And so I felt like there needed to be an intentional space for people to just be able to pop in. Um, that is accessible donation-based if you can pay nothing pay nothing if you can pay something pay something but everybody has an opportunity to show up and just feel like they have a space to not hold it all together um because that's that's kind of like the hardest thing about dealing with grief is feeling like you have to button it
0: up yeah That's not, like, I am excited about just this space, excited about the space that you're creating, excited about just seeing other people who are willing to have these conversations, creating, um, just helpful tools, helpful just avenues where you can get something that you need or connect with people that you need to connect with. Because at the end of the day, that's what it's all about. It is simply about connecting with people. You are not alone. Like grief is something that we all will experience at some point in our lives. And it's just really weird to me how it's not at the forefront of conversation in how we have experienced it, how we are healing through it, and what I am particularly interested in is the transformation that is able to happen if we allow ourselves to be transformed by it.
1: Absolutely.
0: So can you tell us just a little bit about your journey as a creative and how your work um has all along you know related to healing and grief
1: yeah so um honestly the I guess in a way um aside from just childhood curiosity grief was a lot of what brought me to my creative outlets like when I first started writing poetry I was writing myself through a very um young age depression like I was th- I was 13. And when I started to identify with poetry as a medium or as an art form, it was around that time because I felt like the adults didn't take me seriously. They just kept saying, oh, no, you're like 13, you don't really got nothing to be depressed about. So, like, oh, like, whatever. And my friends are 13, <laughs> being, um, as far as I know, normal, quote unquote, normal 13 year olds. and. Poetry was the only space I felt like I could talk about what I was feeling or like what I was struggling with. And um, I didn't have to worry about how it was going to come across, but I could just write my way through it. Um, so to be honest, it was grief that that um, was the foundation of my connection to poetry. And and honestly, the writing was the foundation for everything else that I've, I've sort of ventured into creatively. It all still comes back to the writing and the words and the storytelling. Um, so that I mean, honestly, before you asked me that question, I hadn't put those two pieces together. But it was grief that brought me to the creative um, part of myself and the safety I felt within things like poetry or just being able to draw. Um, it was it was sort of a safety and a quiet place away from everything that I couldn't see my way through at the time.
0: Yeah, I have um, recently just really try to, like, I don't know, get back to the writing, right? And I think that after a long time of, like, performing, like, the performance becomes the main thing. And so then I have to go back and revisit, no, the main thing before that thing was the writing that was helping me, that was an extension of myself and helping me to discover, like, who I am. Even now, like, I say I often forget who I am. So I have to go back through my own writings to remember like, oh, this is, you're capable of this. Mm -hmm. This is what you've experienced. This is what you've overcome. Like sometimes we don't even like gauge how far we have grown unless we have something that we can look back on and say like, oh, okay. Like I was or even sometimes i'm like oh i've had these ideas for so long <laughs> that i and it keeps coming up this is something that is pressing for me this is something i should do this is something i should work on healing um this is something i need to interrogate and investigate so yeah definitely the writing is a base <laughs> yeah man it's
1: so crazy
0: so like i
1: i feel like um in my healing journey at different stages different versions of myself show up from different ages, if that makes sense. So like mm-hmm. in this current phase of my life, teenage J is like front and center and very loud. And so I um, I went back home and I got uh, a box of like keepsakes that I put together when I was in middle school around the time when the depression started. And I found a book of poems in there, man. That baby was going through it, but writing through it. Like, it's crazy to go back and read like you, you know what I mean? Like form and stuff aside, like it's crazy to go back and read where you were at a certain point in your life and like hear those words and be able to be able to have a different relationship with them now or just see them differently. Mm-hmm. But it's 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 wild how much we um talk and perform ourselves out of like that. That is just naturally in us from the beginning.
0: Yeah, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) When you said that baby was going through, I can definitely identify because there has been times where I like am clinging to, oh, let me protect little Chiara. And once I like really knew that there was like um, some unhealedness that I had, some brokenness that I had from my childhood, like it really kind of transformed how I show up as an adult for myself or how the patience that I have with myself or the grace that I extend to myself, even during this um, time of healing through grief, right? Like Mm -hmm. I've allowed myself to be present for other people. I'm more intentional about how I'm present for other people, but also I had to begin to be more intentional about how I'm present for myself. Mm -hmm. We had a previous conversation where we talked about like, some of so many things are happening during this um journey of healing and healing through grief and how it affects us internally um and i know that in your morning ritual rituals and i see that you've been doing some sound work and we talked a little bit about chakras can you cool. kind of talk a little bit about like what is it to have a creative process and outlet as opposed to not having the creative process and outlet? Like, what are the byproducts of not expressing that grief and expressing um, Mm -hmm. where you are along your journey?
1: I feel like whatever we don't, we are unwilling to process emotionally, verbally, um, just, just to be present with uh, get stored in the body and honestly that's what brought me to a lot of this holistic um medicine it was me trying to figure out how to heal my body after i had accumulated all of that grief and all of that pain and all of that trauma it was sitting in my body like i had been to talk therapy and i had done some other kind of healing work and um i realized i hadn't done any clearing work like all of that grief was still very much so sitting in my body because i hadn't given myself an outlet to release it um, and I really just had to lay down. Like it put me down. My my, I sprained my ankle, um, and that took forever to heal. Largely because I hadn't been tending to my body. Um, my digestive system was all kind of out of whack. I was losing weight, losing hair. Like it was, it was bad. Like <laughs> the body is a very, very, very loud messenger after being ignored for so long. Like the longer you ignore your body, the louder it gets, and it, it sort of brought me to that point. Um, And it was the sound healing. It was looking into the chakra work and using some of those natural remedies to bring myself back to center because I had basically the way that I was coping with my grief was uh, dissociating through busyness. Like I just used work to justify my avoidance really. And, you know, because I was going to therapy every week while I was working, I was, you know, telling myself that, okay, like, it's fine. I'm, I'm working through my stuff. And I really wasn't like, I was acknowledging it but not, necessary, not necessarily making the time, space and intention to release and transmute it and whatever, like energy doesn't die, it just transforms. So if whatever emotional energy is not tended to, then it manifests in these physical forms like heartache and um, even in extreme cases like strokes and heart attacks and um, resentment and all that kind of stuff like has been linked to cancer. Like I there's this book that I've been reading called The Ancestor Syndrome that, um, breaks down a lot of that, like how generational grief that is not processed not only alters our body as we're living in it, but alters the DNA for generations to come. Like your will will automatically feel your grief around the time that you experienced it in your lifetime if it's not transmuted. Right. Um, which is crazy. This <laughs> is crazy to wrap your head around. But there are grave consequences. And I found myself like finally, because of the pandemic, Things have been slowed down so much that I really didn't have a choice except to hear what my body was saying about how badly and how desperately I needed some medicine to heal my own grief. Um, and that's honestly where the creative outlet started to branch out because it was like, the, okay, I don't necessarily know how to put this in words in a conversation always, but I can create this video or I could create this song. A lot of the singing and sound bath work that I'm doing now is from the music that I wrote to get myself through, like just these mantras, just simple affirmations that I sang over and over again in these melodies to bring my body back to some form of center and create some sort of levity and give myself a means to push it out. Like pain can't live in your body forever.
0: Yeah. Um, I think it also was kind of the pandemic, probably for a lot of people that, um, even though it was like, A horrible time. I do think that it like unveiled uh so much about where we are as a society. I think it unveils so much about how we were on this automated, you Mm -hmm. know, system. And so when there's like a glitch in the system and everything has to stop, like you have the time to look around and be like, wait a minute, like. Mm, something is amiss here. Like, you know, I think it gave a lot of us some time to like really examine where we are in our lives. And for a lot of us, we was tired. And I'm just now myself, like allowing myself to be get rest, to like, I'm tired. It is okay without my mind racing about 100 million things that I have to do or the things that I did not do. I'm tired. I've been tired. I was tired before this. I, you know, I joke with my friends, like I'm taking my rest, my mama rest, Uh my grandma rest, like tired. And that exhaustion just doesn't heal in, you know, a week of sleep or whatever. It's like a retraining of your whole mind to give yourself permission to simply rest especially in a time where, you know, uh, what is it? You, you not supposed to get no sleep. You supposed to be hustling all day. I I cannot. (laughs) Team all the sleep team. (laughs) I have a nap time designated. (laughs) I have alarm on my phone. It's time to take a nap. Okay. Absolutely.
1: Absolutely. I am definitely uh, a firm believer in the nap ministry.
0: Yes. I'm
1: going to lay down. If I ain't going to do nothing else, I'm going to lay down. And you can believe that. I'm going to go lay down. down.
0: Yes, I'm that's gonna me. Down. And
1: you're not going to have to beg me to lay it down. I'm going to lay down. You're going to have to remind me to do a lot of things, but lay it down. <laughs>
0: This is no longer one of them at no. all. Like I've oh. gotten so used to taking a nap now that there are times, like about two or three o'clock, I can be out doing something, and I'm like, y'all, <laughs> <laughs> is it time to wrap it up? Because my curfew, <laughs> my nap curfew is upon us. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, so you have recently, re- is it, it is recently relocated. I can say that too. Yeah. Recently relocated to the Atlanta area. How is that uh, being in Atlanta and being a creative in Atlanta? Because I know for me, like it really was like a hub of discovery and connection. Um, so how is it being back home in Georgia? It feels good to
1: be back on Georgia's soil. I do miss the water from the Pacific Northwest. Um mm-hmm. that, is, that has been the hardest thing about being back to be honest. That's my one little pet peeve is that man I was like 5 minutes away from the beach. But Georgia has its own medicine and it's in the land and I love that. Like I when I was growing up one of my favorite things to do as a kid was run around outside barefoot and I love mm-hmm. I just came in the house before the interview from being outside with my feet in the yard cuz there's something so healing about that but um to be honest, I've just been in that that um, frame of mind. I haven't, It's it's been a year now, and I feel like I'm just now starting to reach out to get out, to go out and network and figure out um, what it is I can offer the city and how to show up here as a creative after, um, especially after being out of Georgia for so long. Because places don't, you don't return to places as they were don't you know, return yeah. as you were so being a different person and being in a different atlanta it's been very interesting but i'm grateful that i haven't really rushed myself out there because to be honest there's been so much evolution in me as a person but also in the type of work that i do that it would have really been hard to come here and hit the ground running like i really needed a time period to just be quiet, listen to myself, and get aligned with who I am today, um, and not really force myself into doing the very same thing that I left in Washington, because my leaving Washington wasn't just about work, it was a, a largely intuitive, and I dare even say spiritual decision, because mm-hmm. it was a it wasn't just a physical move it was a a total like life shift a huge life shift for me as a person for me as a professional for me as a creative for me as a friend as a lover on every level it's been wildly transformative and so i spent the last year honestly getting to know myself like just listening to who i am and figuring out what feels good in my body what my spirit is calling to do like what i'm excited about now um Because I think sometimes we get in the habit, or I should say, I know I was in the habit, speak for myself, but I was definitely in the habit of like creating these plans and these trajectories that I saw myself on and then holding myself, I want to say accountable, but it's kind of like in a way, like subconsciously holding myself hostage to this plan I created when I was a different version of myself. And so a lot of this year has really just been me getting rooted in in, in who Jay Rochelle is today and what Jay Rochelle's heart and spirit need, are excited about, are calling for, are reaching to give, love to. Um, and so that's been that's been really beautiful here to just not rush, but just take in the city, go out when I'm invited. Um, I've spent a lot of time in the live music scene. I've definitely pulled up at the poetry spots, of course, but I haven't forced myself to put myself out there just yet. But I'm coming into that season. So I'm excited about it.
0: Yeah, the reason why I asked about the move is because I know that when we are growing and we are expanding and we are being very intentional and introspective with ourselves, like that is connected with, you know, transforming where we are, where we're planted and how we see that with different eyes, as opposed to, you know, probably when you first left Georgia, there's, you know, a different intention, a different space that you're in. And I know even for me, just, I haven't moved like a great deal, but I did end up having to move back to home to Columbus. And it is with a whole new, like understanding that is less about the place that I'm in, but it has been more about me discovering what I need to discover for myself here, what I, parts of myself that need to be still healed from, you know, this being my childhood space, but it's just like a totally different, um, set of eyes that I'm seeing the world with since I have been on this journey of healing and I'll say transformation. So, yeah.
1: Yeah, I can I can relate to that. I feel like coming back it was a different it was a different Georgia and it, it was a different Jay. And I was excited mm-hmm. to see both of them all over again right cuz there's a lot that's the same, but we don't necessarily see it the same way after having gone through um different life experiences. So it's been cool to see um especially having been gone for a decade, it's been cool to see my city from like the 30 something year old perspective when I left here I was like 18. So uh, a lot of girls <laughs> a lot. A lot of change has happened in that time. Um, but it's exciting. And I'm sure you can relate to that just to see, to feel the deeper appreciation for home too, like after having returned as an adult, like there's a lot that I didn't appreciate growing up that I, I deeply appreciate now.
0: Yeah. I mean, even in just like, Like, when you brought up, like, the land, like, I have always, like, had, like, this yearning to, like, be barefoot and just, like, so now when I have those yearnings, like, I adhere to them. I can go outside in my front and put, make sure that I'm putting my feet down and connecting. Like, those are things that my, I never knew that it was grounding. I just knew that, hey, this is what my feet want to do. This is what I feel like I'm supposed to be doing. Let me go ahead and do this thing. But just the change in environment, I didn't know how much like simple stuff, like I'm a moon child, so I miss the moon. Where I was living at the time in Atlanta, I couldn't like grasp my mind around like, there's something missing, like I just, there's something I'm not seeing. And then like moving back home, like, and being able to clearly see the moon every day, uninterrupted, you know, is like, Mm -hmm. I feel settled in that. Now that's a thing that I know that's a must-have for me to be able to put my feet on to some land to, and to see the moon and the sky uninterrupted. Like, I need that to do some type of grounding inside myself. That's what I feel, I feel like more complete when I have those things accessible to me.
1: hundred percent. Like, what but- I mean, just people and the earth have a very interesting um, relationship, but I swear on everything I love, it's a healer I'm willing to die on is that black people have a very, very, very unique relationship with nature. And um, it's so powerful. It's so powerful like in the little ways and the big ways.
0: That's what, like, has been, like, a recurring theme, though, in these conversations is, like, when you ask, like, what are some, you know, things that you offer someone who is on this, you know, journey of healing through grief? And without a doubt, the first answer is usually reconnect to nature. So how do you reconnect to nature? It's those simple things of also your body oftentimes it's telling you how it wants to connect to nature. It's telling you like, hey, I need some sun. Let's go just sit out here. Or, hey, I need to add something beautiful to my life. That beauty may be walking, you know, in a garden. But however you're... I even one time I felt so like I need to be by some water. I need to be by some water. I need to be by some water. And I drove to Tybee Island and I just needed to just hear and just smell the ocean. Like I felt so rejuvenated. I would have thought like I went on like a two week vacation, but I just (laughs) needed that time, that small bit of time to feel like my cup was filled up again. Mm
1: -hmm. Absolutely.
0: So what are some of the ways that you have, I know that you have been on the West coast um, now back on the East coast, but what are some of the ways that you connect and may have like first really started reconnecting with nature?
1: Mm, uh, Well, I was on the West coast at the time and see in Seattle, you can basically drive 10 minutes in any direction and be at some form of water. So, um, It was a lot of that. It was a lot of just going to sit and listen to the water. Like there's something about sound water that is literally healing, like medicine for the body and for the for the heart too. So I would literally it like even if it was raining, which sounds silly, I would go in the rain, pull up to the waterfront in my car, crack the windows a little bit and still just sit there and watch and listen to the water. Um, but also taking walks. Like I started taking these um long walks uh, especially like after my my uh, one of my parents got sick unexpectedly and um had a beautiful recovery and it was miraculous but like when i got home i still had to deal with all the grief that i was like pushing away to just be present at the time for my family for my people you know um and i had to come home to washington and figure out how to support myself and it it was like one of those things where Typically the medicine would have been to lay down and rest. And there was a lot of that, but there was also a point where my body was like, okay, I need to go like, like put this somewhere. Like I, I literally need to go put this energy somewhere. I can't just lay in it. Um and walking, I literally just started walking, like with no intention. I just pick a random part and go walk. Um and walk until I felt like my body was done walking. And sometimes, like it was a long walk, and sometimes it was a short walk that led me to like this path, and I would just sit there. Sometimes it was a walk that led me to some water, and I would just sit there. But just putting my feet in the earth, like listening to the trees. Like one of the ways that I um I help with the grief work that I do is I constantly remind people that because we do have an intimate relationship with nature, we can go give the things that are too heavy for us back to the earth, like go sit and ground, think about whatever is hurting, hold that in the front forefront of your mind and literally sit there taking intentional breath, breathe it out, plant your feet and your hands in the bare ground and breathe it out, give it back to the earth. Like we don't have to hold and harbor everything. And those walks is when I learned that, and it wasn't something that I had read anywhere, it just kind of happened to me. And I was, I just remember being like, one day going home and noticing how much different I felt like after that, like how much lighter I felt after I just went and put my feet and my hands in the ground. It was cold that day, too. Like, <laughs> it, it was cold, and I took them socks off with the sweatpants and still put my feet in the ground, and it was still incredibly um, healing. So I feel like uh, Leaving the phone is a very important part of it, too, because that's, you know, you got to get yourself selfie off, and I get that, but get yourself selfie off and then put the phone down because, like, it's, it is the, the presence is the part that's transforming. Being outside is helpful to be in the sun, but when you give yourself a chance, just, like, look around, touch mm-hmm. something, you know what I mean, like, actually interact with nature, like, that's when the magic and the healing happens, so that's my favorite way I be outside touching grass, like, barefoot as often as it's safe to be.
0: (laughs) And you know, the thing about it is like, we can, you can offer people like, these are my ways of reconnecting. But at the end of the day, the reality is like, you have to be able to open yourself up to listen to your own self and what your own body needs. (laughs) And I think that's like the beautiful part of the journey is just like, it's something that we'll all experience, but we're still experiencing it differently. Like mm-hmm. no two journeys are the same at all, but there's still sense of community and knowing like, oh, this is how you connected. Oh, this is how, you know, I connected. Oh, okay. Um, so I think that is like really the beauty of having these conversations, these beauty, the beauty of just us being able to talk with one another. And, you know, connect in that way that you know that there is even greater connection um outside of us as human beings, but this uh connection and calling back to connections that we previously had.
1: hmm I mean, that's what's dope. It's like when you go outside and you just decide to be present and listen, what you hear it will be the same thing as what I hear. What, I, what mm-hmm. you feel like will be the same. And that's it's amazing. It's like it's like a custom medicine for everybody.
0: Yeah, custom medicine. <laughs> um I think we've talked a good bit of the things that create what are you working on creatively that uh we should be on the lookout for writing um
1: writing has been at the forefront of my creative process that and um what I'm calling ritual films because I was in an exhibit that called it that but it's really um A lot of my writing is connected to my ancestral work, um, just my ancestral connections in general. Um, And so I'm writing, working on a book right now, a memoir that is uh, about that, like my coming into a connection with my ancestry and how it's transformed my life and like just how I'm, I'm experiencing everything. So that's exciting. I'm hoping to get some poems out of that.
0: <laughs>
1: yeah, <I'm sorry. laughs> and, um, me and poetry have been distant friends lately, but I'm hoping we come back. We spin the black. Um, But also putting them in film form has been a really um, fun and cathartic way of moving through this. Like the less performance poetry, to your point, I have to, keep, I have to stop saying me and writing are at odds because it's not that me and writing are at odds, I'm just not writing for the stage. But the writing that I'm doing is coming out in this beautiful way that is sort of like connecting me in a more deeper way to my ancestors. Cause it's a lot of spirit writing, which again, I found in that notebook from my teenage self. And it like, I'm, she's been so loud about what I'm supposed to be doing right now and reminding me that, I, that none of this is new, but it's a returning to what I already was doing, but um, basically making the video poems that are essentially many um, movies of like interactions that I have with my ancestors.
0: Yeah, Relations I'm so, I'm so 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 very <laughs> proud of you. Um, I've slipped <laughs> been taking this um, <laughs> podcast as an interview uh, opportunity to talk to some of my favorite people on the planet and then make sure that they know like how I feel about you. I am so, so, so proud of you. And it has been just an honor just to like watch you blossom and grow and be and do all the things and you deserve all the things. And uh, we're so grateful for the work that you are doing and how you are uniting and bringing community together. So. I wanted you to know
1: that. Thank you. I appreciate it. Um, On that note about bringing people together, you reminded me one thing to look out for is the word of mouth poetry uh, series that I will be launching here in Atlanta somewhere between late summer and early fall. So word of mouth is coming. Hopefully, Shiara will be blessing the stage for us. I will Um, do that for you. I appreciate that. I'm gonna take that yes, and I'm gonna hold it close. Um, but that—that that is, that is the thing I'm excited about. Like I love bringing community together um, around our stories. So yeah.
0: And so, what are the ways that people can stay connected with you, and check out what you have coming up next?
1: Um, I have a newsletter which you can find at selfcarecib.com. Uh, that's self care, sib.com The newsletter form is right there on the homepage. I also have Instagram and Twitter at J-R-Y-C-H-E-A-L, of course. And um, my wife and I have a joint venture where we do programming as well, which is lovefrequency.eventbrite.com. That is lovefrequency, F-R-E-A-K-Q-U-E-N-C-Y.com.
0: All right. Thank you so, 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 so very much for taking your time and uh, having this conversation with me. Um, I greatly appreciate you. And again, I'm so proud of you. So thank you again.
1: It's so mutual. I have so much respect and love for you. And I'm excited that we are in community and connection again, excited to keep building.
0: All right. Thank you all for joining. Take your time with Chiara and our special guest, Jay Rochelle.